Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes. Autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we are so thrilled to be offering one of the first of its kind, digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments, enabling parents and children to connect from all around the world. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions and to create space on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others, with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as Leadership in Juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments, both socially and politically, that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday. We actually just dropped a thought piece this past Sunday, so be sure to meander over to the website and check out our online content. Now, if it is the case that you are looking for a listening alternative, well, we're available on 12 different podcast platforms for your listening leisure and we provided you with access to the links in the description down below. Now as is the convention, be sure to subscribe, hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time you post and of course if you like these conversations and you want to keep them going, like, comment, and share this segment. Let's get into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another segment here on Project Purpose. For those of you who are new, we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week -week basis, and today our topic of discussion is mental health. And on the topic of mental health this week, I'm going to be talking about some of the key attributes of a narcissist. A lot of you have asked, you know, what's from personal experience or some key attributes that will help you either gauge up whether or not the person that you're dealing with is a narcissist or not. And I thought I have so many examples that I could give you. Why not do a video on it since this is the topic of discussion for, you know, the time being. And also it's been top of mind since I released the videos and I was very open and transparent about my own experience being raised in a narcissistic household. And I think one of the first things that I want to say right off the bat is narcissism is not something that you inherit. I believe that narcissism is a byproduct of trauma and trauma that has gone unchecked and that has gone unhealed for a long time. And in fact, I think one of the key indicators of narcissism is someone who really truly does hate themselves and like not like insecure about one or two things about themselves like a true 
sense of self-loathing that many of us who don't experience that kind of intense self-deprecation will never understand. And I think that when you have so many people who have failed you in your formative years, who weren't supportive of you and exposed you to real danger, and you kind of have these layers of trauma like that are layered and stacked on top of each other. So not only were you not emotionally supported, but you were exposed to danger, you experienced very viscerally danger, and then you still got no retribution out of that. I think there's a lot of different factors that play into my mother's narcissism. I think there's a lot of missed opportunities to support her. And as a byproduct, it was just a very sad story, right? It's very sad to see all the opportunities that people had to love her, to support her, to defend her. And at each pivotal moment in her life, just based on the way that she described it to me, like a lot of those opportunities were missed opportunities or just opportunities that the people she had in her network didn't care to respond to. And as a byproduct, a very, very deep, un shakeable sense of self-loathing and so I think that the one thing that you need to recognize when you're dealing with a narcissist is a lot of their superiority a lot of them seeing themselves as better than you is truly just the flip side of inferiority complex right so they have to surround themselves with status symbols with things that society would gauge as you know this means I'm a person of significance because they can't validate that without those things right so if they didn't have all of those things all they would have is their self-loathing all they would have is their critical inner self-talk their inner torment that is driving the way that they orient in the world around them and it would be very easy to spot right but I think that what happens is someone who is oriented in a narcissistic way is someone who is very motivated to to collect different you know symbols of of superiority and then leverages those symbols of superiority to feed into a sense of superiority over others that is still very shallow and very superficial so it's easily threatened so anyone can come along and threaten their sense of superiority because it's very shaky it's based on external things only and they don't have anything internal to reflect or to align those external attributes too. So this is what I mentioned in the first video that you know she was succeeding to her own detriment, to her own destruction. And I think that's because if it wasn't for those successes, she still saw herself as nothing, right? So I think that that's the one thing that you want to be on the lookout for. It's one thing to be an overachiever, to be a high performer, to have ambition and to have drive but if you're doing it and you see that the person is doing it and they don't care how it's hurting their mental health they don't care how it's you know just ripping apart their sense of wellness like they're happy to be ill to pursue the you know the the, the highly sought after game they're happy to sacrifice relationships sacrifice themselves for this external validation of superiority then that's for me is one of the telltale signs that you're dealing with someone who's really not well and who is suffering from self-loathing so that's an important one another one is also feeling threatened by other people being in your life so if you're talking to someone whether you're building a friendship with someone or you're or building a relationship with someone or you're really starting to see your parents objectively and you see that anytime you create new friendships, you build new connections, that they see it as a threat, that is a signal of someone who's dealing with a lot of self-loathing. And so I'm not gonna say that these things automatically attribute to someone being narcissistic. Narcissistic is a clinical diagnosis, but I think that self-loathing for me 
is something that translates in so many different ways that we can avoid uh, people who self-load themselves because we can only give what it is that we experience internally. So someone who hates themselves can only give hate outwardly, right? Like, and anything outside of hate is a show. It's a farce, it's not real. So I think anyone who feels that if without external validation or external symbols of superiority, they are nothing, then that's a telltale sign that that's someone that's just not healthy and that experience building relationship with them won't be healthy either. But if someone also feels threatened by the relationships that you're building with other people, that also is a telltale sign that, you know, there's something not quite right here. And so it means that they have attributed you as a validation of their superiority and they want to cling to you. They want to keep you close to home. They don't want to risk losing you because they have established in you value that they will place for themselves, right? So you're this external validation of their own value, so they don't want to share you with other people, but then that means they're objectifying you. They don't actually see you as a human. They're trying to create you as an extension of themselves, an extension that they can attribute value onto because they can't attribute value within the core of themselves. So I've always been someone who, regardless of if I'm in a relationship or not, I am I'm very, very, adverse to relationships that are all consuming. Relationships where you both forget your social networks, you both forget the hobbies that interest you, like you're all into each other all the time. And I get just like a honeymoon phase where that takes place. That's not the norm. The norm is you play a significant role in each other's lives, but you're allowed to have friends without it being a fight, without there being resistance, without someone feeling threatened or jealous or envious about the relationships that you have. If there's nothing about those relationships that are creating a sense of insecurity, and I think that it's really important that we aim to live full lives, right? So lives, not just with our partners, but exploring and experiencing life beyond our partners, right? Having hobbies, having interests where they don't necessarily, they're not involved in those hobbies and in those, in those activities. And I think that anyone feeling angry about you having a life outside of them is a signal of a relationship that really is not going to serve you well and it's going to be something that could be harmful in the long run and then so the last one and and this one might not be so obvious i think mimicry and someone who constantly berates you or judges you or demeans you for showing up a certain way for having a certain look a certain style but then turns around and copies you and I used to hear my whole life because my mother would copy me. If I dyed my hair, she would copy that hair color. If I bought a specific style of clothes, she would copy that style of clothes. And I would always ask her, like, what is the point of this? And she would say, well, mimicry is the highest form of flattery. And it would really enrage me because I was trying to build and establish my own identity. And not only was I feeling judged and, and I was being torn down for my growing and evolving sense of style and identity, but then she would turn around and copy it. So I learned that very early in my life that if I were to put weight on anything when it comes to interactions with a narcissist, I value their words very little. What they say, honestly, it matters very little to me. They might as well say nothing at all. And I observe them and make my judgments based on what they're doing, right? So what they're doing is a telltale sign of how they really feel. And what they're saying is just trying to put you in a place, put you in a box where they can control you and assert themselves over you. So if someone is diminishing you and judging you, but then turning around and copying you, like that's a telltale sign of a, a toxic relationship. Someone who's dealing with self-loathing, someone who's dealing with not being able to build an identity on their own without extrapolating from someone else. And of course we can borrow from one another, but when it becomes pervasive, when it's like this, 
it can be expected that if you change anything about yourself that they're going to go ahead and copy that. They're going to copy your style. They're going to really want to align themselves as much as they can with who you are and how you present while still tearing you down like telltale signs of someone who really does not like themselves and can only project that outwards to you. Even if in the short run they are giving you all of the highs and all of the validation that you need to be emotionally attached to them. Once they feel that emotional attachment is secure, it will go left, it will become toxic because someone, again, who does not like themselves cannot like the people around them, right? So self-loathing, you can only give what it is that we have within us to give, right? So if you don't love yourself, then you can't love the people around you. And if you love yourself, then you can love the people around you. It's really that simple, but often we confuse and we overcomplicate it because we're trying to find a way to fit the narrative or the conversations or the promises that we are given by someone who is really struggling with self-loathing and trying to create some sort of harmony with you know how we move forward how we can maintain this relationship that's hurting us and i think any relationship that hurts you and hurts you continuously like you know there's no change behavior there's lots of promises for change but there's no actual change behavior and in some ways it's getting worse then i think that that's a telltale sign to get out and to support yourself right because mental health is not just about the habits that we engage in or the choices that we make that support ourselves it's the relationships that we decide to keep and a lot of what can infringe in our mental health are the relationships that we have or that we carry in our lives whether that's a relationship with a family member with a peer, with a colleague, with someone at work, you know, whatever facet of your life, like you need to be very mindful that the relationships that you hold near and dear to your heart are gonna dictate the amount of struggle that you experience trying to support yourself and maintaining a high sense of mental health. In any case, I wanted to come on here and share that tidbit of wisdom with you. That's it for right now, but definitely not all. Now, before letting you go, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that we will be going live at least twice a month, every month for the foreseeable future on our Facebook page. So definitely be sure to tune in. Now, these events are paid events. So if you do see yourself participating in our community on an ongoing basis, then I do suggest that you take a look at one of our package plans. Yes, so we do offer package plans over and above our live events, as well as access to webinars and workshops largely focused on self-mastery over and above these events. So we invite you to tune in. We invite you to join our Game Changer community, being part of the change that you want to see, allowing us a small role to play in your journey. Now we are on the road to 1K, so we invite you all to follow us across all of our social media platforms and we look forward to chatting with all of you very soon. We'll talk to you later.